0: it's the guff Dream. it is what else could it be after that epic introduction and i'm joined uh by my usual co-host mr simon roberts
1: home again home again jiggity jig
0: do you see what i did there you did a nursery rhyme
1: no it's this week's it film quote oh, right. and it's appropriate today for very sad reasons can you guess the sad reasons
0: uh, home again home again jiggy jig da 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 da, 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 da mm-hmm. buy something pig no it's pigs? not the... no, i don't know
1: it, it, don't it? think of the nursery rhyme think think early 80s dystopian sci-fi blade runner says johnny kinder he's got it he's the first blade is that runner? from that yeah yeah I've yeah, yeah. when jf sebastian gets home and the robots go home again home again jiggy jig. and um, oh, that's right yes the other quote i was going to do was uh The candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long, and you have burned so very, very brightly, Roy. That's the other Blade Runner one. But
0: why am I doing Blade Runner today? Come on. Well, I think, first of all, I should say that if you're doing two movie quotes, I'll have to charge you twice as much for the fees. That's fair enough. I'll I'll receive
1: your invoice gladly. Please add VAT. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, why why are you doing Blade Runner? Well, it's a very sad day today. Vangelis has passed. Oh, right, okay. Mm, the the great Vangelis. Did you like Vangelis? Or Vangelis? Vangelis, as
0: some people say. Uh, I always thought it was Vangelis, John and Vangelis, because I mainly remember him from John and Vangelis. Actually, maybe it was Vangelis. It's often both, actually. He's
1: Greek, so I think it's probably van- van- van-gelis, vangelis, or something like I that. I mean, when you me. talk
0: about Van Vangelis or jealous, that immediately reminds me of the great Demis Roussos, who he also was used to do stuff with before Forever
2: he became and famous. Ever, 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 and ever, you Demis Roussos.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Perhaps we we'll, perhaps we'll put some Demis Roussos on next week, or perhaps you could record a Demis Roussos tribute, Simon. I, I quite, like quite Demis like that Roussos. Scene,
1: she likes Demis Roussos, so please, can we have some Demis Roussos? <laughs> Referencing yes, a, Abigail's party,
0: isn't it? Very
1: good. Yeah, Vangelis, John Vangelis. Yeah, indeed, I love their song. In fact, the only song I know of theirs is um, "The Friends of Mr. Cairo." Do you know that song that they did?
0: The one, um, don't not offhand, It's, it's do the big
1: it. long one where they. It's a kind of homage to sort of um twenties, thirty, well thirties, um, silver screen things like the Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, The Thief of Baghdad. And it's a kind of sort of story song with lots of sort of sound effects and you know swishy sort of Hollywood golden era music, and it's a, it's a very cool song. Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can tell you're impressed uh, by that silence. You always do when uh, <laughs> when you're impressed.
0: No, it's no. I am. Impre- I'm impressed that you've been talking and filling up some space. Give me some time to think about
1: what I was doing. As musicians say, I was vamping for time. You know that phrase, surely? That's yeah. what the
0: pianist does. He vamps yes, for time. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, well, I, I suppose the first thing to say is, um, first thing, I'm going to put up actually a a graphic. Uh, perhaps I should have mm. got this up earlier. Uh, remember we talked about the uh, Tom Newton Dunn show? Oh, Tom, Tom Newton Dunn. TV. Yeah. I think it's called the News Desk.
1: Oh, it's not called the Tom Newton Dunn show, which is the usual style of these things. They always pick a show with
0: their name in, which I find intensely boring. I don't think Tom Newton Dunn is a big enough name to get his own, his own name in the, in the title.
1: Well, it sounds like a kind of piece of furniture, doesn't it? Like a chair, you know. Uh, could I have uh, four of those vintage Newton Dunns, please? Uh, and I'll put them in the kitchen for the dining table. You know what I mean? He's, he's kind of a, it's, it is a very wooden-sounding name. It's not exciting. It's not, like, you know, it doesn't, it's not catchy, like The Guff Stream, for example.
0: Well, he's, Welcome, Josh
1: he's, Wesson, by the way.
0: He's quite, wooden. He's a, quite a wooden guy anyway
1: oh crumbs you know i mean uh, yeah he he's bad and as i said before he's he's actually younger than me yeah i can't believe he seems so formal and adult and kind of like a sort of lord chamberlain kind of figure you know with all the griff- you know, dignity and gravitas of that 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 suggests and which i haven't got yeah yeah, yeah. anyway tom to... newton dunn
0: oh i'm trying to find this blink and slide where has it gone
1: Perhaps it's better that you can't. Maybe I'll just say hello to people in the chat. Hello, Josh Wesson. Uh, He's back again. I also saw uh, Dr. Atiga Malongo uh, coming in there, who I'd not seen for a few weeks. So welcome to you and to all the others. To Joe, Johnny Kinder, to Kate, Emma, Gary Garner's Gay Pride, to Ben Pyle, Sped West, DH. Clear them out.
0: Okay, there it is. Welcome. Okay, Mm. so if you look down the lower left. It's very mm. small writing, but you can probably mm. see how many views he's got. Can, can you uh, see that without your reading glasses?
1: Oh, let me have a look. It's a grand total of
0: 737 views. Yeah, mm. so this is his show from right. a couple of days ago. Yeah. It's a big show with big guests like, um, you know, the, the minister, uh, Nadim Zahawi. He was on there. And they got yeah. seven hundred and thirty-seven views. So I think it's I mean, it's just as well they've got all that Murdoch millions to spend on advertising because otherwise they might have got like four hundred views, which would be even less than we get. It's it looks
1: glossy though. It looks high powered. It looks you know technical, you know dynamic and shiny, just like Nadim Zahawi's head in that shot, in fact. And yeah. uh, it looks deeply, intensely boring. Look at them, grey suited, uh, kind of stiff, formal, sort of a you know what is it? A kind of you know May kind of sunset sky behind them. I mean, it's, 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 it's not merely dinosaur. I mean, it's extinct, isn't it? It's dead as it hits the ground. It's, it's, it's
0: just, um, it's just rubbish. It is, and it must have cost a lot of money to put that on. they have spent a fortune on this thing. I certainly uh, hope so. And it's, it's not flying, is it? Not really. Not
1: with me. I don't know. I won't be sort of uh, looking at it on my YouTube, uh, uh, you know, suggestions list and going, hmm, shall I subscribe to Talk TV? No. I don't think I will be. Oh, but it's got 18 likes, so that is a good thing uh, in its favour, I suppose. And you're right, course, I didn't
0: notice the likes actually. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot of likes. But isn't it?
1: but given that you can't now see YouTube dislikes, you don't know how many it's got. It always has that message when you hit dislike. Now it says, yeah, message shared with the creator. You know, so maybe they tell them privately that like, you know, 18 million people think you're shit instead of uh, the eight, you know the 18 that like you.
0: Well, our last show had uh, 42
1: likes. 42 likes how many dislikes though and we can't see that information can we I mean they don't actually share it with you at all do they
0: I think you can probably get it from your dashboard somewhere but you know your dashboard's yeah. very complicated there's all sorts of stuff there
1: they they probably put it in a hidden section so as not to uh you know uh, you know not to inflame people who are of a sensitive disposition
0: yeah so um you got to say that um talk tv's not going too great no um piers, piers morgan show they're calling it unwatched with piers yeah. morgan Tom Newton Dunn show is just basically it's just sinking, sinking without trace. So Mm. ah, you know maybe the era of dinosaur TV is coming to an end.
1: Well, as uh, as Windsor Davis would have said, oh dear, what a pity. Never mind. Yep, yep.
0: So uh, sorry about that, Tom. If you'd like to come on the show on the stream to discuss uh, how badly your show is doing, you know you can come on and perhaps we can revive your fortunes a bit.
1: We are doing sympathy slots for uh, uh, past it uh, broadcasters yep
0: yeah Yep. um okay but if, um while we're talking about youtube mm. likes and so on please subscribe and like the show even if you don't like it and even if you don't want to ever watch it again
3: yeah again we're, we're, we're begging
0: for, for sympathy likes and sympathy subscriptions
1: always always very sensible
0: yeah and a reminder that uh my book the face mask cult is now out you can get it from uh amazon Uh, and it's got lots of stuff about face masks in it. Also, I've got an article on the conservative woman um, on the one I mentioned last week about um, how Imperial College and DHSC did a um, a study on asymptomatic spread. Mm. And well, a study on various things to do with COVID. And one of the things they found was that asymptomatic spread was basically a myth. Yes. Because uh, what happened was they infected, they deliberately infected some people with, with um, COVID. Mm. And they found that on average, people started showing symptoms within 42 hours. So less than two days. So we were told you know, two years ago, over two years ago, that this disease can take five or six days before symptoms are shown. So that's one of the main reasons we were supposed to be terrified of COVID, because there's going to be millions of people walking around the streets Mm. Spreading the disease, who had the disease and are spreading it unwittingly. Yeah. Yes. So asymptomatic spread was supposed to be this terrifying new thing, which was unique in the history of diseases. And now it turns out that I mean, all diseases have some amount of asymptomatic spread, but COVID didn't have anything much in the way of asymptomatic spread. We're talking forty-two hours. Also, during that forty-two hours, the levels of uh, virus in the nose and the throat were quite low. were very or very low they only started rising up the last few hours of that period. But I also pointed out in the paper, even in those few hours, I mean, we've, got, we've gone from five or six days to a few hours, even in those few hours, you are asymptomatic. And being asymptomatic means you don't go around, you don't have symptoms, you don't feel like coughing and sneezing. So you don't go around coughing and sneezing. And they're the, ways, the main ways that uh, a virus gets spread. As I showed in chapter three of my face mask cult book, uh, a careful look at various studies that look at these sorts of things showed that coughing and sneezing are the main ways. Uh, uh, they, they spread d- disease far more, they spread the virus far more than just breathing. Uh, and that's assuming you don't cover your mouth when you do those things, as you should. Mm. Uh, so the fact that you are symptomless means you're not going to be coughing and sneezing. So even if for a few hours, you're starting to get some... some higher levels of virus in your system they're mostly going to stay in your system because you're not coughing and sneezing you're just breathing and breathing doesn't spread much so basically asymptomatic spread turned out to be a bit of a myth bit of a myth or bit of a lie do you think well a lie yeah i mean it's not that it never happens it does happen to some small extent as it does with all diseases but not to any great extent certainly not to what we were told so we were basically gaslighted over that as we said at the time uh, yes. Now we've got mm. the establishment talking about this as well. Well, they, they've released a mm. study on it, but they're not exactly talking about it. Have yeah. you seen this in the newspapers?
1: I have not. I, I guess though it is going to be one of those news management techniques. Oh, oh, sorry, we were late to the game. Oh, we, oh, you were right. You uh, you conspiracists. Oh well, never mind. Well, well done. Well done. Pat on oh, they, pat on head.
0: Move on. Yeah, they won't even say that. Will they? They won't Just even say maybe, that. Maybe maybe in six months they'll, they'll start mentioning it as though we all knew this
1: yeah well there you go Uh, from a harvest of lies you get the windfall of fear which is what they wanted in the first place that's what they got and uh, everybody is uh, running around still terrified i still see them masked up elderly couple in the supermarket yesterday i stared at them with an unrelenting and harsh and contemptful stare and they just walked past me ignoring me good
0: man yeah uh yeah speaking of masks um so Mm. this week my uh Son was supposed to sing uh, in his choir with a visiting American hotshot choir. They were going oh, yeah. to do a, a concert together, uh, and a couple of days beforehand, he was told, "Oh, the um, the American choir will be singing with masks on. Hope that's all right." <laughs> so, of course, my son came home and said, "I don't want to sing with these weirdos if they're wearing masks. Yeah. You know, I'd rather I'm missing cricket training for this. I'd rather go into cricket training than hang around yeah. with a bunch of creeps in masks." So he uh, didn't do it. But they're touring, they're touring and doing a three-week tour around the whole of Britain and they're wearing masks to sing yeah. in wherever they go. This it's is like just... some
1: American top gun choir that's the, the hottest out there, and and they're unable to actually uh, open their mouths and freely deliver music into the air.
0: Mm. That's Great. right. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I just saw a nice little quote in the chat there. A DH says Peter Hitchens is asymptomatic of joy. Which which mm. I think is is not un- unfair or unkind to uh, Mr. Hitchens, as uh, you must call him.
0: Mr. Hitchens, I, I call him a self sea liner. Right now, you know, I've heard this thing, s- sea lining. Which I've is like, heard a bit, that like, bit like playing the hatchling.
4: Yeah, yes, it's yes, the yes, same yes. sort of thing. It's like
0: he does that to himself. He yeah. goes out of his way mm. to respond to every little criticism that's made of him.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's it's also that that tedious thing that older people do of like never heard of it, you know that kind of stuff.
0: You know, he's,
1: he's it's you know it's, it's almost as bad as the sort of you know what, the not not the nine o'clock news sketch with the judge going, "What is a digital watch?" You know, they they always pretend to be sort of so jaded and and so far beyond the kind of pedestrian concerns of the rest of us that they haven't heard of this, haven't heard of that, and then they do this false kind of shock horror act at, uh, at stuff that you know everybody else is just getting on with gas lit not gas lighted says london yes, radio yes, thank you uh, london, london thank Raider. you uh, uh grammar police uh, uh we are better informed as a result of that uh that post there yeah peter hitchens so uh, yeah, i mentioned uh, i saw earlier actually alphabet cat was saying uh, do we have any view on his um, conversion to scottish independence
0: oh i haven't really looked at that but yeah he's basically yeah. saying mm. let them be independent because we want to be rid of them well yeah yeah i've got some sympathy for that i have done me for too a few years actually they
1: just keep complaining about everything. We love our Scottish listeners, by the way, uh, and we want you to be free. Run free, my darlings, uh, up in the highlands and in the lowlands and, and wherever else you have to run. But um, we don't want to pay for it anymore. Sorry.
0: Yes. OK. Um, all right. What else have we got today? Mm. Right. I was going to mention um, that I went to uh, my annual parish meeting, the parish as in you know my local area because I live in a village and once a year they have to have this uh, annual meeting it's not strictly speaking an official council meeting it's it's Mm. a parish meeting where the council sort of organizes it but they listen to what people uh, have to talk about and they give their own opinions and so on and uh, what what we heard, they were explaining what the um, the bigger council in the area is up to and it was just horrifying just uh, the most cynical, awful tactics they were using to... Well, there's the bloody doorbell. You see, you're doing that James Dellingpole
1: thing of allowing background sounds to creep in and then you're going to claim in a moment that it adds to the charm of the show, aren't you?
0: No, it doesn't. I'm really annoyed.
1: No, I was just it was breaking up the story by which I was gripped. Please, yeah, please so, resume. So the, the
0: The Greater Council, which has sort of control over the bigger area, um, is up to all sorts of shenanigans. Um, they're basically trying to... Take over all the parish councils by installing a, a council in the town nearby, mm. and the, the the idea is they're going to sort of stealthily take over all the parish councils, which will get incorporated into this main council, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so take away all the the small amount of independence that the parish councils have. And the main reason they're doing this is is for housing, because there's just loads of new housing just been going up all around yep. the place, and the parish councils are trying to stop it. Um, uh, yes, Britain does need more houses, we we all know that, but mm. they're putting in these horrible modern houses into lovely old villages, into conservation areas and just yes. ruining them. You know, there's, there's a way to put new houses in and what they're doing is not it. Yes. So all sorts of underhanded tactics going on. I'm not going to go into the... The grisly details, but um, but, but it's but it's the s-
1: end. It's, it's the end of that tradition of that people keep calling for of British localism. Why can't we have power devolved down? Uh, and and obviously they're sort of hoovering it up in the uh, the most mendacious and as you say underhanded way.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no power for local. They're taking power away from uh, the local parish councils and and trying to give it to. Well, they're giving it to the people they know are going to do the things that they want. Yeah, that's the idea. It's not that they have anything for or against any particular level of politics yeah. they just want it to go to that level which is going to do the bidding of the house constructors that's pretty and, the, and what the housing companies get up to is pretty awful as well um, uh, so yeah they put in applications for certain things and the very last minute they change it all to something horrible uh, and the bigger council just nods it through and there's like nothing nothing the lo- the more local council can do about it
1: and let us not forget that the construction companies are major donors too. Who, you guessed it, the Conservative yeah. Party. Yes, and it is that's actually,
0: right. it is actually the Conservatives at the the bigger council who are behind all this. They're the ones who are mm-hmm. desperately trying to push through all this new housing, and that's obviously because they've been told at the high level, "Look, it's really important to get new housing." Yeah, and there are there are good reasons for this in a way because you know, housing has become very expensive for young people. And that's not a good thing. And we've got to improve things for young people. So the conservatives are worried about this, that no, no young people are ever going to vote conservative. So they're telling everyone in their party, we have to have more housing, do whatever it takes to get more housing. But that just means that the the people lower down uh, on the food chain in the, the, the councils and so on, just end up trying to push through anything they possibly can to get more houses, no matter how inappropriate it is, no matter how much it ruins the, the heritage of the country.
1: Yes. And it's time to remind folks out there in the uh, chat and in the wider listening world that uh, the, uh, the moral of the story there, as summarised by Hector in brief there, was uh, young people not voting for the Conservative Party. Uh, that is our instruction to you for today. Please propagate that uh, all over social media as far and wide as you like and uh, take it deeply to heart, because as we believe on this show, voting for the Conservative Party or indeed any of the legacy parties is dangerous for your health. That's not a government health warning, but it is a guffstream a health warning.
0: Yes, the the Conservative Party is one of the central pillars of the regime, and they are not on your side.
1: The central pillar of the immiseration of the country, I would say. So uh, that policy decision that you've described there, I think I can summarise it with my advertising hat on. Uh, It it is those companies saying to us, silence peasants. And uh, I think uh, we all know what that means.
0: Yeah. And Alphabet Cat points out, um, have you seen most local councils? They run really badly. It doesn't matter what party's in power. Uh, look at local services things like trying to get potholes fixed yeah the potholes around my area just just awful just everywhere and yeah. they were the the parish council people last night were saying you know we've been trying for years to try and get potholes around the area fixed they don't have the power or the money to do it they've got to go to the the higher up council and the higher up council just doesn't really care about these things
1: interesting comment in the chat there a uh, fellow Ethel says, I am 25 years old and used to vote for the Tories. And ever since 2018, I never voted for them ever. I don't vote for any mainstream party. Sensible chap, good name as well. Uh, nice Anglo-Saxon job there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we really do want to discourage you, you from thinking of, of voting in terms of any legacy parties. Whatsoever. I, I don't think Feel young people out. are
0: going to vote for legacy parties anymore. Uh, no. And we've been told this for years that you know, the, the young are all left wing and don't like the conservatives. But also mm. the young who aren't left wing also don't like the Conservatives, yeah, and they're not going to vote for them. So I think the Conservatives have no long term future, personally. Oh, we pray so. We pray so. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I noticed about the parish council people, who all all seem pretty sound and on, on my side in general, but they were all going along with all the kind of current thing, virtue signaling type stuff, so they mm-hmm. gave us a talk about Ukrainian refugees maybe okay. coming into the village. oh yeah, and how we have to welcome them with open arms and of course, there was lots of talk about sustainability and all that sort of stuff. so you know you, you think people are sound, but they they just they they buy into all the. All the latest regime stuff.
1: I mean, wasn't there that village recently that was it? Was it Linton on Ooze or something where they're moving in uh, 750, uh, you know, uh, desperate uh, refugees or or, or should I call them economic migrants? I don't know. Uh, But it's some little village somewhere where they're moving in a whole bunch of people, uh, usually children, of course, uh, you know, uh, know, 25 and upwards. And uh, yeah, what a fine time they're going to have. Let's uh, see how that Mm. experiment goes. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, Mm. theater you're a man of the theatre.
1: I am a man of the stage with my opera cloak and codpiece swaying in the wind. Uh, In fact, I'm going to be on another channel on Monday talking about plays. Can you guess which channel that is? Um, I won't mention it uh, for the sake of uh, certain sensitivities in the chat, but uh, I had a very good time on it this week, in fact. And I didn't tell anybody, but go and have a look at uh, Academic Agents channel because I did UO on uh, Tuesday and it was great, great fun. And we You're played a new game. stakes, were you? No, we, we did have. I, I, I will get to that in a moment, yes. Uh, we had a great uh, new game that we were playing called uh, Maddow Spencer in which uh, AA reads out um, statements uh, that you have to tell whether they are from Rachel Maddow, the MSNBC host, or Richard Spencer, the white nationalist. And I must admit, it is a very good game because it's extremely difficult now to tell the difference between the uh, mainstream American media liberal and... Richard Spencer <laughs> it's a very very entertaining game and it seemed to go down very well and um, you know what we uh, what we had is uh, after that we had a little bit of uh, a talk about steak I si- can Simon go into this, it now. this is not
0: this is not a show for you to go on about other give it blah, blah blah description no
1: no no no, no 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 no, no but, but but the important on. the important stuff that came out was, was 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 instructions on how to cook your steak and and I have extensive details here which maybe we'll go into later in the show.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, Rachel Maddow versus Richard Spencer, that that's that's certain to interest most British people who have no clue who they are.
1: I know, but it was um, well, you know, you had to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, okay, so theatre. So here's um, here's the, the latest big theatre act which I'm sure you want to be going to see. It's it's yep. a bit on the small side, but you know, it's still touring around Britain. Is it the family sex show? Oh, it's a no, different it's one. The <laughs> Drag Queen Story Hour. They've got an official summer tour around Britain. So they're going to various libraries. So they're going to the Reading Library, the Crewe Library, Bristol, Cornwall, Leeds, they're going everywhere. Well, most places. Um, right. So I urge everyone to go and, and check that out and to take your kids along. Because you know, your kids, they don't really know about life unless they've seen some uh, drag queen uh, yeah. dressed as a woman with his, uh, a semi erection, showing through what? his underpants, prancing what? about the library.
1: I mean, it's long been an aspiration of the mainstream parties, Labour and Conservative, uh, to enhance uh, the reading skills of youngsters uh, by having a man in a dress uh, read to uh, toddlers. So, uh, you know, well done that man who uh, conceived of uh, that uh, you know, incisive uh, thrust into education policy. And uh, let's hope it's not more incisive or thrusting than that. But, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, I I bet they're all sort of uh, waiting on tenterhooks in uh, Wokingham, Stockton-on-Tees and Bristol. And I think all of these places will welcome drag queens with open arms and uh, burning steaks. Um, Not uh, those kind that you eat, by the way, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, Those places will be overjoyed to see uh, people uh, in uh, frilly skirts uh, turning up with their makeup and wigs and uh, bringing joy to the faces
0: uh, of all the uh, the local kiddies what what do you think they'll be reading wind in the willows or johnny has a sex change
1: uh you know i <sighs> who knows what it's going to be but it's going to be entertaining it's going to be frisky and it's going to be um perhaps it's best not thought about i think i'm just going to have to wait until i wake up screaming in the middle of the night uh, before i form my opinion on it
0: uh perhaps perhaps readers would like to um contribute some some contributions in the comments as to books that might be read, you know, instead of James and the giant peach, you could have James <laughs> and the giant something.
1: Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, will you be signing up your children for, uh, the, uh, the local, uh, episode of this? Um,
0: they're, they're not coming to my area. Uh, that's unfortunately. good. Yeah. All yeah, those I'm lucky looking, people in the Vale of
1: Glamorgan the then
0: be a bit of a drive to get to the yeah. nearest one. So I'll probably pass it up for now.
1: Yes, yes. Well, at least they're going to Rochdale. I mean, uh, and Rochdale, has it not had its fill of miseries? Perhaps not. Perhaps they deserve more. Uh, That's what these uh, guys are saying.
0: Did you know our friend Flora B, who um, Mm. often comes and listens to this, she she started up her own podcast to compete with us. Yeah, this is a real one, not, not some silly imaginary one like Jolly Jack has. This is a real podcast. That's Jolly Jack doesn't starting... have an Im- imaginary podcast. The Creepy Papa podcast is the, is the cult show of the
1: moment. How dare is you? Is it real? Oh, well, it's quite hard to find, though, isn't it? It's meant to be hard to find. That's the point. That's the attraction. But, uh, yeah, I saw uh, Flora B started her own thing. Deliberately starting and at, purposely clashing 30 with us. What 1230. Yeah, 30. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we, 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 we wish
0: her lots of luck. Huh. Yeah, luck. When 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 you find a better time, Flora, then yeah. we wish you luck. Absolutely, yeah. No, we genuinely wish her lots of luck. And uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I think it's Developing. called uh, Sand in the Gears. So you mm. know, you you can you don't have to listen to them live. You can listen to one or both. Um, don't sign up uh, for, later for her on. channel, and then sign up for hours.
1: and then unsign up for hours and then sign up again just to get that creamy satisfaction rolling into your soul. Uh, right. Okay. Mm. So what what next? What you next? said you had some videos lined up for us today is there some sort of did, uh, amusing yeah. right. viral for us to work uh, to, to to snorkel over
0: um yeah what have we got what have we got not really viral ones um, okay i've got maybe we should go on to talk about the, the most amusing one probably involves our old friend our old friend nina jankowitz and we've had oh. some sad news about her really Um, because it turns out that her department of disinformation or whatever it's called has has been put on pause and reportedly she's resigned uh it's not quite clear whether she really has and whether this has been accepted but it looks like um she's she's put herself out of a job she um, and probably we're to blame for that i think you know us making fun of her with all our thousands of viewers has probably caused her worldwide uh, embarrassment i just
3: assume her career was.
0: Step back behind the lights.
1: I thought she, her career was accelerating upwards when you said that uh, you know her her job had been. Uh uh, you know, I mean, that's, you know, failing upwards, surely this is what's going to happen next. She, she's merely going to take a brief hiatus. Like, uh, do you remember Lord Mandelson all those years ago was kind of, you know, nudged out of uh, the Labour cabinet and then, you know, you know, probably went on a few holidays to Morocco or something and then came back. And then uh, all of a sudden he was blazing all over our faces like sunshine uh, in some other department. Uh, you know, I mean, that's it's it's you know, they just give these people a break. Man, yeah, Hancock know, she, well, is coming back. You know. she,
0: she's, she's stepping back from from the front in the front position. But yeah. she'll be there in the back room instead, and they'll install somebody else in the front position. They probably thought she'd be a good person to have because you know she's she's kind of good looking by the standards of those people, uh, and she's funny and she you know she sings songs. They probably thought she's a perfect person to connect with you know the millennial generation. Um, they didn't quite expect that she'd be made fun of so savagely, I think. So mm. they're probably reconsidering and thinking, okay, we'll I have to go for someone more traditionally sober and serious yeah to Front this thing and nina can go work in the back room well she she'll have just as much power yeah but she won't be you know available as a figure of fun anymore
1: well i mean maybe you know they'll just give her a sort of quiet job like you know the minister of broadway show tunes uh, and then elevate her to her you know her real uh you know metier in life uh you know with um maybe i don't know her her, her finger on the nuclear codes or something like that you know give her something uh, give her something proper to get her teeth stuck into
0: i saw one one guy on twitter was saying uh, you know, what we got here, we're starting mm. to get a theatre kid-ocracy. <laughs> by theater so kids. true. And yeah. he said they're fragile. That's the point about them. They're very fragile yeah. and they don't like being made funnels. Yeah, yeah. So I she probably it... couldn't handle it. She wasn't expecting you know, all the blowback and she couldn't handle it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, fragile. Yeah. It's also just sensitive to uh, every twitch on the, uh, the geopolitical needle. That's that's maybe what they want. They want someone who's ultra, ultra in touch with things. And perhaps they are going to be a little bit sensitive uh, when that uh, nasty M- Mr. Putin does something. But uh, that means they'll be increasingly and an f- more ready than anybody else to uh, to deal with uh, the bad guys out there. So they'll be they'll be ready to go, raring to go by um, issuing a tweet in which uh, they say how victimized they've been.
0: Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so we've got, um, we've got a video of her in mm-hmm. action. Is it this one? It's called Black, but I think it's this one. Those
1: of a sensitive disposition can look away now. Oh, not
0: me.
5: Prefects are hot. Prefects oh. are, are hot. Prefects are hot. Live performance. Prefects are hot. Prefects are hot. Prefects are really pretty hot. Oh, Jesus. You're oh, with me, and you better I'm be louder I'm than them. The Ready? <laughs> you go. Prefects are hot. Prefects are hot. Prefects are hot. Three bags are hot, three
0: are hot, three are hot, three are, 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 are hot! Okay? <laughs> Chocolate
3: Fox, come up on stage! <laughs> <laughs> reminds you of a hand party, doesn't it? Respect that the stripper's about to
0: A sneak preview of that um, Yui shenanigans party that's going to happen
3: tomorrow. I think that's pretty much what this we're that's what I
0: say. the every day. oh
1: that was the sound of uh look at the men who were i I say men i mean look at the kind of male uh you know characters who were actually at this thing look at the xy chromosomes in the room look at the kind of
0: blokes who (sighs) yeah they're not they're not really the right men to be having as representatives of prefects being hot are they
1: We we have to have another word than men. It's something else. I don't know what it is, but clear clear
0: them out. Says, was this their only song? I I think this was their masterpiece. That's why it's all over the web rather than anything else because it's their it's their Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, please send. That's not that's not a good analogy because Queen had lots of other good songs, but this was this was their Uh... one and only masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, friendly bombs, and fall on Nina. Uh, Follow, fellow Athol weird says simpy limp-wristed simps is his suggestion
1: too mild too liberal almost in its uh, contempt for these people but yeah euthanize me says morris micklewhite and uh stephen j james says please send nukes to putin which um i feel increasingly in sympathy with
0: yeah um now we can have a bit of fun at nina's expense but you shouldn't be too nasty was that and fun some, some <laughs> someone was- yeah Someone was nasty to her recently. Someone was nasty to her recently. I don't. I don't approve of this, and she's rightly complained about it.
5: Or misleading information um, that uses gendered tropes. So it might be, for instance, this is a big one that we tracked in the report: Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. Or it might be uh, that uh, Jacinda Ardern, another one that we found, is actually a man. So Um, we might see um, racist tropes about. name it. I mean, Ilhan Omar is a is a favorite for this sort of racist sexual rhetoric that's compounded the idea that she married her brother to immigrate to the United States, for instance. But then we see racialized narratives, things like Kamala ain't black, hashtag Kamala ain't black is, is one that we tracked um, things that are saying that she's not black enough. She's not South Asian enough to claim that heritage. Same thing goes against AOC. Nice. So, it's, so rather than write the word bitch, they will use an exclamation point instead of an eye, okay, or they will a use bit, this visual means to good
3: avoid textual
5: detection. So one mm. of the things that I get pretty frequently as a woman in my 30s without children is I get sent pictures of empty egg cartons, which are meant mm. to remind me that my fertility is waning, that uh, those same narratives about Kamala Harris, about.
0: Empty egg cartons. She's complained that people have sent her pictures of empty egg cartons, and that was, I mean, that really, was rather naughty of you, Simon, to have done.
1: Well, that. I mean, really, that just shows that the people contacting her are using very old memes at this stage. I mean, the uh, empty egg carton thing was a thing a <laughs> couple of years ago now. Really, that uh, you know, you would have thought she would have uh, had a finger on the pulse a little bit more. But I, I object to her saying, you know, uh, people say that J- Jacinda Ardern is a man. It's not, it's not that she's a man. It's just that she's got a face like a Grand National winner, and I think that's what uh, you know is the sort of key problem here. That uh, you know, she's a, a, a great big toothy liar. And uh, that's what we object to about her.
0: Yeah. And calling her a man, it's it's just it's it's the sort of banter that keeps us going because, you know, she's she's an oppressive dictator. So it's like, yeah, you know, the song Hitler's only got one ball. That yeah. was that was uh, a rousing thing that we all approved of because we were making fun of a of a nasty person. Well, it's a so, sort of
1: it's a sort say, of thing that can appeal to anyone. It's just the sort of cruelty of the playground, you know, which we uh, we enjoy and relish. And uh, I think we just I think the problem is here is people are not being creatively cruel enough with some of this stuff. I think that's the issue. I think we need to see stuff that really makes these people cry, hot tears r- pouring down their cheeks.
0: Yeah, can you can you imagine her there coming? I can imagine her coming on and saying, "Well, it's not right that you know our our friend Adolf from Germany is doing a great job yeah. with these COVID regulations, uh, and mm. people are making up." nasty songs about him saying he's only got one ball this 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 is racist and sexist you mustn't do it
1: yeah i mean yeah what what do we do with her yeah yeah yeah, i must take issue
0: with morris micklewhite egg carton's great for might soften her singing acoustics egg cartons are not good for acoustics this this is not this is a myth oh you don't put egg cartons all over your walls if you want to record okay they're terrible they they do cut some mid high frequencies out but not the ones you really want to cut out. And they just give you a horrible boxy sound. So mm. never use egg cartons on your walls. Yeah. Right. Um, do you want some more, Nina? Not really. You don't? Oh, well, yeah. Because I don't what? actually
1: oh. have any more. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, what what a a ray of sunshine she was on this. I must admit, slightly gloomy Friday. Actually, it's not the kind of um, springy, sunshiny, optimistic Friday that we normally get on the Gulf Stream, and I'm a little bit sad about that. But uh, better times are ahead. There are high temperatures in the late teens coming this coming week. And are you applying to to be
0: for the job of weatherman on the?
1: Well, I've got to broaden my palate somewhat. I think you know. uh, I mean, after uh, after all of uh, the uh, the sorry what? my brain's just melted <laughs> 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 i was trying to think back of, of something that had happened in the last oh, week
0: I do, you know, that was actually of... <laughs> i do have more nina Jankovic stuff i forgot oh, really, yeah, I did really? Want to say something
3: actually yeah well it's not yeah. just
0: about her um yeah okay it's there was a report in revolver um, yeah revolver dot news which is a great site has lots yeah. of really good stuff on the deep the deep state okay um, uh So, actually, I probably won't go into this today because it's all quite complicated.
1: Marshall Um, Richards has a comment in the chat that says "no more" in capital letters, and uh, you know, I'm uh, feeling increasingly that he is the voice of reason here. And um, you know, as as Boy George once sang, uh, "Do you really want to hurt me?"
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, I won't go into this today because it's a bit too long and involved for this lightweight new show. Yeah. Uh, But I will. I'll put it. I'll put it. The uh, the link in the in the chat because i do recommend you go and look at that because mm. basically it's looking at sort of the deep state in action with documentary evidence
1: yeah okay sun's out in somerset says london raider he's probably thinking of uh, cooking a steak later maybe we should uh, give him some tips on that
0: uh, that's uh scintillating stuff simon scintillating yeah thank stuff. you moving swiftly on um one more all right one mm. more thing of oh yeah nina jankovic Okay. Because it's probably the last chance we have, because it should be yesterday's news next week. Oh, I long for that moment. Go on. Uh, this is just a picture. Picture of her. This is her working in the press room for right. the Ukrainian election. She was working for the Ukrainian government. Really? Uh, and this is, this is not a conspiracy theory claim. This NBC News actually had this picture in a news story saying that this is her working in the press room for the uh, Ukrainian government. So she yeah, right. did happen. She went to Ukraine. She was part of the U.S. deep state uh, and worked to try and help get the okay, uh, Ukrainian government uh, elected. What's that thing that she's form.
1: wearing? Is that some kind of Handmaid's tail costume? Uh, it, it sort of has that air of, um, you know, kind of somber, uh, sexually repressed, um, long-suffering, uh you know blandness about it and uh you know she's she, a
0: harry potter thing
1: it is probably yeah it's probably her, it was actually her, the press room of, of Zelensky's Hogwarts
0: campaign guns. headquarters She was actually working in his campaign headquarters at the time
1: really yeah. i mean what yeah okay it's one of those big rooms that you see on um, on tv shows isn't it where uh, like i mean recently i watched that uh, that new series slow horses with um, gary oldman that kind of um sub le carré thing that uh, people have been talking about on Apple TV. And, uh, you know, it's like the uh, Secret Services and uh, the military, they always work in these big rooms with um, lots of TV sets in. And everybody is kind of standing around looking urgently at the telly and pointing and jabbing their fingers and, uh, you know, uh, telling people that they want eyes on and all this kind of stuff. and. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, sli- I'm, I'm slightly tired of this meme of uh, everybody working in this kind of monitoring hub, you know, with uh, the, all the rest of us under surveillance yeah. and uh, mm. all the good people with their earpieces and laptops uh, saving the world. I just don't I just don't seem to feel it happens that way, really. Maybe that's well, just
0: she me. is. She is saving the world. She says in this article, yeah. she's quoted as saying to say that I'm just a power actor is wildly out of context.
1: Yeah. Oh, Fox Pop says in the chat, slow horses was bloody awful. You know what? I kind of have to agree with you, uh, Vox Pop. I think it's not very good. I know James and Toby were talking about it on London Calling the other week. And I think James said it was like an an heir to Le Carre. It wasn't at all. I was very conscious. I mean, were we not all very conscious of the heavy finger of uh, diversity tick box casting prodding us in the chest once again? And, uh, And the kind of glibness of it, it's nothing like Le Carre at all. I think one of the problems with it is they... It just doesn't have the seriousness of that they were trying to be too kind of oh here's a cast of misfits uh, instead of like spooks where it's all 28 year olds with earpieces and laptops saving the king the kingdom uh this is a bunch of misfits who are saving the kingdom with all of their alcoholism relationship dysfunction uh you know sexual ambiguity and all of that stuff that's uh kind of kicking in uh and uh, somehow i just don't feel it has the um the gravitas of the uh, the Lacare, and uh, so uh, yeah, I've uh, watched the whole series, and I've uh, rejected it out of hand. I'm afraid it's uh, not in my mind a top top thing. Um, but uh, I did notice uh, Gary Oldman in there, and I, I thought it was a bit like looking in the mirror right now because I mean I must admit that is kind of where my style is at. Uh, in, I'm afraid with glasses and long hair, it's uh, slightly greasy looking. Yeah,
0: well I don't just of, of watching modern TV, Simon. So. I'll have to cut this bit out of the out of the show for later. That's
1: fine. Yeah, edit it out and uh, put some uh, bracing, inspirational music in, maybe from uh, the Moaning Myrtles.
0: Sped West says, like Brian Glover in American Werewolf. That's enough. Yeah, I love that line in American Werewolf. I should actually get it get it off YouTube and use it for next week.
1: Indeed, indeed. Clip it, clip it. Just going on again briefly though about um, London Calling. Did you listen to this week's edition at all? Have you heard? What's What? Them? Sorry. London calling, James and Toby. Have you heard this week's? No, what, I haven't listened for a while. I think they're heading for a crash. I'm just saying this. I uh, think um, a fight. Uh, yeah, that, I think the, the, the that wouldn't surprise is me. The last breaking. time
0: I listened to them which was a while ago. It sounded like yeah, it wasn't going yeah. well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think James is kind of. He's got into a thing now of of. Um, on the one hand, Toby is giving him the sort of, you know, well you bring up all these ridiculous conspiracy theories, <laughs> sucking in his breath like he does. And um and then, you know, and, he, and, and then James says, but you know, you don't want to know about any of them. So why should I bother, you know, having the conversation with you? And I must admit he he he's kind of um yeah, he's kind of right. I mean, Toby isn't basically prepared to look at anything else. But at the same time, Toby is kind of making a plea for for, you know, you know, tell, tell me all of your conspiracy theories. But again, you know, the dynamic is going to be that he's not going to he's not going to sort of respond to any of them with any kind of even just basic curiosity. So the dynamic there is, is kind of breaking apart. And I think Toby, it felt very much like he was uh, really desperately trying to push to sort of get something to talk about and move things on. And then it gets to the kind of culture corner section. But I I saw people were saying, you know, uh, actually, the culture corner section is probably the least interesting bit at the moment. And um, they're just kind of stuck with this awkwardness of, uh, you know, how are they are going to have a conversation in future <laughs> if uh, it kind of goes on like this?
0: I've, I've never been very interested in the culture corner bit. No. Partly because they talk about modern TV shows and films, which I have no interest in.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't know what we could do. Shame. Um, oh, here's. Uh, all right. Here's a culture corner bit, mm. bit for you. Um, a new TV show, which we must all watch. It's called Velma. guess what it's about
1: what is like velma from uh, scooby-doo
0: well that would obviously be ridiculous to make a you know a whole a whole series based on Velma from scooby-doo i
1: mean she wasn't the hot one let's face it i mean you know
0: that would be a ridiculous idea wouldn't it
1: i think so unless you like that that that's exactly what
0: they're doing yeah oh no no what a spin-off called velma an animated series and guess what it's for adults
4: it's an adult version
0: of scooby-doo where Velma is the lead that? character, and Velma, of course, uh, is brown, as she has what? to be. What?
1: What is that? that? Is that like a a, a a woman with the top of her head sawed off on the floor?
0: Yes, that's what it is. This is an adult version
1: of the show. I don't know which is more alarming, that or the uh, the green and uh, yellow uh, ensemble worn by the woman on the right of the uh, the picture there. But the uh, on the right is the what? woman
0: who does the voicing for
1: Velma. Right. Okay. And there's um, there's a naked redhead uh, just behind Velma who is certainly, um, as they say in acting, pulling focus on the uh, on the scene there.
0: Is she a lesbian as well? Someone asked in the chat. I expect she is. Uh, that's Jason asked, that actually. Um, it hasn't seems, come seems out whether she's a lesbian, but I'd be very surprised if she wasn't.
1: I think it's cashing in on that sort of terrible thing they did a few years ago called Ugly Betty. Do you remember that? Where it was like the Hispanic girl who uh, wears braces and has big glasses. And I think it was the usual Hollywood trope of let's make someone look ugly by taking a beautiful person and putting glasses on them.
0: That's what they did in the original Scooby Doo film, the one that really? was filmed in Queensland yeah. years ago with the Buffy, the vampire slag girl, playing Daphne. Yeah. And the girl who played Velma was you know, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> put a pair of glasses on her and pretend yeah. she was ugly.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some men go for that uh, kind of lesbian look, I suppose. And um, I must have, actually, yeah, this I was, is
0: the Sue Perkins look. Yeah, I've heard some. I, of
1: funnily of enough, I funny will look. say that on the uh, on UA the other night we were chatting um, before the show and uh, A.A. admitted that he does quite like the lesbian look on women as well. He was saying, um, yeah, he always had a thing about Cagney and Lacey.
0: <laughs> Who was saying that? Academic agent. Academic agent was saying it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were sort of chatting and uh, because I said, Mm -hmm. oh, there's a running joke on my channel because I once said I liked the young Sue Perkins and he said, yeah, no problem with that. You know, I always like the Cagney and Lacey kind of lesbian look.
0: (laughs) Yes, but he's a strange
1: man, though, Aa. Yeah, I'm not revealing secrets, by the way. I think it is something he's actually said on stream before. So no shame in that.
0: So I'm looking forward to that show. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new film. Where can I not
1: see that show? Uh, Where can I avoid it uh, strenuously?
0: Um, it's on HBO Max, I think.
1: Remember that, folks. HBO Max, uh, just ensure that you do not subscribe to uh, HBO Max. Uh, uh, but if you do happen to do that, uh, just gouge your eyes out with, uh, you know, uh, a ballpoint pen and, and
0: all should be fine. Yeah. Or um, hydrochloric acid can be bought from chemical suppliers and you fill yeah. your sink with that. Uh, yeah. and just dip your face in. You yeah. put some ointment on your face to keep your skin yeah from from burning because it's your Ah. eyes it's your eyes you want to burn here not your skin Absolutely. I think Homebase are
1: doing a special on wood chippers this weekend. Get on down there, 15% off, just buy a wood chipper, insert your head into it and let uh, the machine do the work, as they say. And uh, I think you'll be protected from uh, the possibility of ever witnessing the catastrophe uh, that is uh, Velma. The uh, uh, what, what What do you think the story is in this picture? Do you have any sort of sense that, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a stripper's changing room, but um, maybe like uh, one of them has had their head sawn off. Why? How, how does one add this up
0: yeah it could be There's it looks quite something a few like girls that. there in the background
1: yeah with conveniently placed uh flecks of foam or uh, something else i don't know what uh, is going on there but um is that do you yeah. think
0: that's daphne with the red hair maybe she's taken a job as a stripper mm, mm, mm,
1: no daphne was the blonde one wasn't she well yeah blonde blonde no it's just sort of blondie ready really yeah yeah Sort of dirty blonde, as Patrick Bateman says in American Psycho. Um, I don't know, but uh, whatever was going on, uh, actually, Velma's looking a bit middle-aged there, isn't she? So maybe this takes place like a post-Scooby-Doo kind of thing. So Scooby-Doo in the 70s, so maybe this is 20 years later in the 90s, you know, when Velma's sort of getting on a bit. Because she does look a bit like a sort of Miss Marple figure there, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, there's, there's going to be no van, apparently. And I'm not even sure. Oh, right, OK, there's no dog and there's no van. Right. Right, so it's <clears throat> there's not even Scooby Doo. Right. I guess it's hard to do an adult serious version of Scooby Doo if you've got a talking dog who goes yeah. around saying saying we went right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. where things have happened.
0: Well, this hmm. this I I've, I've seen enough of this. Apparently <laughs> apparently James Gunn, the guy who did um, Guardians of the Galaxy has done some Scooby Doo movies recently, but Really? I have been fortunate enough that I have not seen But
1: isn't, them. isn't this the thing, though? I mean, torturing the children of today with Generation X nostalgia, such as we used to enjoy when we was litlands isn't that a bit cruel? I mean, do we really need to keep this? You know, as I said the other night, the endless retread of culture going, you know, by sort of you know rebooting everything from our childhood. I mean, isn't it
0: just a bit cringe? You <laughs> it's know? cringe, and it's it's you know, it, it's very sad that you you you're using children's culture as the thing you're doing. It's like, you know, how about yeah. you grow up a bit? Yeah. In fact, you actually do some adult stuff. And by adult stuff, you don't just mean making a children's show into an adult. We've... I mean, it's like it's like taking the sooty show and doing an adult version of that. It's just pointless. Yeah. Do due. something actually adult. Yeah. Sandman says Velma is the talking dog. Correct, in every Very way. Sandman.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, um, yeah. Mm.
0: Also, yeah. just, also leave kids stuff alone that stuff has i mean okay scooby-doo was kind of terrible and yeah. had some good points it was its own thing yeah. just leave it alone stop stop dredging through yeah know, the the detrius of 70s pop culture to sort of find something that you want to do and sort of piggybacking on it
1: that's right yeah it's not rocket science they just want to uh, diddle the kids entertainment formats of yesterday year, to uh augment a, a famous tweet
0: yeah um, and also, if you noticed, yeah, so there's the, the woman who's playing um, Velma as a South Asian woman, she's, she's saying... You know, I thought she was meant to be Hispanic or something there. <laughs> no, South, South Asian, apparently. Right, Velma, um, well, okay. So, like, so every, every white character has to eventually become... Be, transracial, um, ...ethnic, but yeah. if an ethnic character is ever played by a white, that's cultural genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah mm. You can't do that. You can't take... You know a a character which is ethnic you can't turn that you can't have that played by a white actor people get arrested for that but the other way around is the way it should be so you can see where this is going (laughs) eventually every character becomes played by ethnics
1: what what can we do at this point
0: what can we do? that's short of going to uh, certain shops and buying certain—no, I won't go there.
1: Won't yeah, go try there. you know go onto Amazon and just buy uh, you know the DVD box set of uh, "It Ain't Half Hot Mum" or something like that, and uh, cry into your brandy in the uh, the oh, long winter thinking, nights, which will be rolling I think, in soon. I was thinking of
0: something a bit more direct action orientated.
4: But yeah, um,
1: it could be. We won't, could we be. Won't go there. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Uh... Ah, I've forgotten any happy stories today. Anything <coughs> that doesn't involve the, um, you know, death and uh, destruction of uh, all that we love and revere in Western civilization, or is it all just? Um, Don't really do happy stories, except well, here's really. one.
0: No, s- it's sort of a happy story, I suppose. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, yeah, get the,
0: the graphic up for us. Yeah, Matt
1: Hancock falls into vat of slurry, uh, and uh, that's, as he's that's being pulled out of a happy story, is it seeing out? As he's being pulled out helicopter crashes into it and uh he ends up like vic morrow did on uh, the uh, film of the twilight zone back in the early 80s don't look that
0: story up it's not pleasant i think that's sad simon that your, your only conception of a happy stories to see our enemies being humiliated in some way and oh that's what i've got to show right oh so excellent right disney disney they did some poll ratings recently on on disney mm. uh, and it wasn't Great. So people, the percentage of people who had a very positive view of Disney was only 15%, somewhat positive was 18%. So that's 33% of people, only 33% of people had a sort of very or somewhat positive view of Disney, which is pretty mm. terrible. So yeah. neutral or negative, you've got 45, 60, 67%. People have a neutral or negative view on Disney. So that's I mean, I, not really I, what Disney. Apparently, that's gone down massively in a year.
1: I can't think of anything good about Disney. I mean, I, I barely, it barely really sort of made a difference to me, other than the odd, you know, film in your childhood, you know, The Jungle Book or something like that. But I mean, the thing is that Disney's kind of what it's kind of sucked up everything in recent years into its, uh, you know, vortex of, uh, of uh, non-creativity and uh, recycling of uh, old formats. And uh, what, they own Star Wars now, don't they? So, uh, you know, and that all went downhill once you started to try to sort of flesh out the franchise instead of the human imagination, just leaving it at three films and uh, no more. Um, But uh, yeah, now you have to have Disney kind of uh, rewrapping everything for every occasion and uh, exploding and fractalizing every single, um, you know, format of, of, you know, aged entertainment into, uh, you know, something that you think you really desperately want and the amount of i mean you know it's like somebody was saying about dr who the other week um i was maybe i was chatting to mike livesley from the nice things uh, podcast and uh we were talking about um dr who and the way that's gone and um the thing is he was saying look out for the amount of franchise uh not franchise uh, merchandise that's actually out there for, uh, for a show like dr who and weirdly enough once he said it i went out just nipping into a few charity shops to riffle through the vinyl box and, and lo and behold there was dr who merchandise like for kids stuff uh, nearly everywhere, you know, kind of being, right. you know, sold in the sort of toy basket. And it was like you couldn't sort of not see it after that. It was just astonishing the amount to which, to which that show has, uh, you know, changed its orientation <laughs> from being, you know, a, a fun, you know, low-budget, uh, t- you know, sci-fi TV show towards a sort of emulating the kind of Star Wars model of, uh, you know, an infinitude, a plethora of uh, variations of, um, you know, the same old guff that actually nobody wants anymore anyway because, you um, I mean, well, you've you've seen the latest, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was not actually going to talk about Doctor Who because it's like I'm trying you know, not. To. What, what is there to say, really? We don't want to upset people in the chat, do we? It's just <clears> got. I mean, it's just gone down the plug hole years ago, so there's kind of no point. It's
1: but it's just weird. It why nobody of our generation would, would watch it anymore? I'm pretty sure, unless they are, you know. I mean, you know, mental retardation is a real thing, uh, and it is out there. But uh, you know, Doctor Who now and and the way it's heading, it's like, uh, have you? I mean, you've seen obviously the stories of the. Uh, the, the new cast that is yeah. involved yes. and uh you just kind of feel uh this this is not this is putting kids into an area where they're having to uh, cope with kind of adult issues here these, these well that's this the other thing adult it's, it's adult not dialogues. just
0: it's not just that i don't like this stuff anyway but you should not yeah. be putting it into a what's supposed to be an innocent kid show yeah and one of the things yeah. about dr who was there wasn't any sex in it there wasn't any romance or anything. It, it, so even though you had pretty assistants who, you know, book teenage boys could fantasize about, there was yeah. no suggestion in the shows that there was any kind of relationships or anything like that went on.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like Star Wars. You know, George Lucas was very emphatic in the early days. You know, you know, the famous stories of, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher's breasts having to be taped down because he said there is no jiggling in the empire. You know, uh, when uh, they did those films, he wanted to sort of you know, neuter out that uh, sort of possibility of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, sexual agendas and readings in, in the films. But with Doctor Who, it's, it's more to me. It's just the thing of you're now putting kids in the no man land in the middle of the culture war. You know, and I just think even if we, we can have the conversation about the casting and so on with Doctor Who and, and what they're trying to do and steer the story in a progressive direction, but I think it's the fact that you're involving kids in this. You're dragging them into it by putting it in in the middle of a, of a TV show. I mean, yeah, that's what all... makes
0: me extra angry about this. Yeah. I, if it was an adult show, I'd still be angry because they're, yeah. they're messing with what it was. Leave but, the kids yeah, out of the culture war. Hmm. Yeah, well, leave us all out of the culture war, actually. Well, preferably, yeah,
1: but, I mean, at so... least we can
0: yeah so Billy Piper's character's coming back, Jason Neer said, but recast as as black. So you think well, he's joking? No, he's not joking. That's really what's happening. Well, not, not just black just but black, trans, but trans. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's you, you've got to, you've got to diverge away from the the actual quantities themselves. It's not the transness or the blackness. It's again, it's the enforced kind of intimidation onto the audience uh, of 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 asking them to respond in some way. That uh, they're going to feel uncomfortable about, and then you can have an accusatory finger wagging at them because of that. And I think that's the difficulty. You're not letting people uh, encounter things with a value-free judgment anymore. You're you're creating value judgments for them, and then and and then insisting that they line up with them. And that's that's the problem I have. It's the essential intimidatory nature of this. Instead of creating creative products, artistic products, if you need to call them, and you know that's a very bleak way of looking at them, I suppose, but. And then and then saying to people, make of this what you will, but not surreptitiously and sneakily kind of involving them in a in an argument that's not for them. I mean, if it's kids especially. Uh that's that's what I uh,
0: that's what I'm all about. Yeah. And, and on and on as usual. Flora B has made it after after, you know, she's done her show and now she's come come to listen to the record yeah. of our show because we've lost yeah.
1: all our viewers because there you viewers. go. Johnny come lately. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Flora B with your new show. Yeah, don't you worry about us on the guff stream. You go and do your new show. We'll be all right, you, me, and your mum and your dad. We'll be fine. You go and have fun with your new friends. No, we're not bitter.
0: Not any of kidding. tee uh, Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, oh, I was going to say something else about Doctor Who there, but... Yeah, so let's let's leave that there.
1: Was it about monkeypox? I see people mentioning monkeypox stuff in the uh, chat, and I don't know what this monkeypox business is. Can you? What on earth is? Oh, pe- no, earth just,
0: okay. Talk- I remember now. I was going to say, you know, Russell T Davies has taken over Doctor Who again. I mean, how would mm. he like it if we went and took some of his shows because he had all these shows about gay people, gay as fuck or whatever those are called? How about mm. we took all those shows and made them with non-gay people? Yeah, would he like that? Would that be an acceptable thing to do? No, that would be cultural genocide
1: quite indeed actually there's a good question um fellow ethel Weird, uh in the chat i hope i'm pronouncing that right ethel Weird. um he says hector drummond do you agree that british progressives are 10 times worse and fanatic than the american counterparts?
0: well i don't know the americans can be pretty bad and crazy and moronic i think that
1: i think the essential differentiator here is that british progressives the problem here is in america they're obvious they're sort of screeching teenagers and 20 somethings with colored hair and uh, objectionable looking bodies. And in Britain, it's the liberal middle class, isn't it? It's it's all the people who just kind of nod stuff through and go, well, I suppose we have to be nice. And this is why we have to just agree to everything and just let people kind of steamroller over us with all of this insane policy stuff. But, oh, well, I suppose that's how you know, you've got to go along to get along. That's the problem with British progressives, I think. And in a way it kind of is, is it worse or is it just, it's just the foul, um, uh, uh, you know, subterfuge of it that, that I object to, that it's all sort of under the counter. It's all kind of assumed. It's, uh, its you know, in, as I said, like the Doctor Who thing, it's intimidating you to go in that particular direction because the nature of your objection immediately then marks you out as being, you know, unacceptable counter-narrative, you know, uh, and I think that's the thing about it. It's the normalisation of this stuff, whereas in America, there's the people who are normal and then there's the crazies, and you can clearly see the difference between them. But here, the crazies are actually commissioning editors in places like Channel 4 and BBC. Um, The crazies are the people who are the journalists who are normalising this stuff in the lifestyle sections of places like The Guardian, and uh, everybody just kind of nods along and goes, well, I suppose that's the way the world is now. And, and also there is a general culture, I think, of people saying, well, let's not make a scene about it, you know, essentially at all levels of, of class, even beyond the the liberal kind of, you know, Notting Hill set. Uh, I think uh, most people out there now have been kind of bullied into a position of saying, well, it's not worth making a thing of. And I think yeah. um, so in a way it is kind of more dangerous because it's more normalized.
0: That's the British way. Let's, let's not make a fuss. Let's just go along with the establishment view. But you know how we complain that Australia's like that now. Mm. So, so last weekend, um, my son was playing uh, a Sunday match against a team who had an Australian pro. And mm. he came on, he opened the batting and smashed everyone around. Uh, seemed like a nice guy. So I, uh, uh, afterwards, I sort of asked him who he played for in Australia. And I thought five or so years ago, I'd probably have a chat to him, you know, as a fellow Australian. I thought, I, I, don't want, I just don't want to chat to him, even though he seems nice, because I know what he'd be like. Mm. Yeah, it used to be years ago that an Australian sportsman would be good to chat to because you'd know that they'd be a little bit rebellious, a bit anti-establishment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'd say what they thought, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily go along with what everyone else thought. They'd have an opinion. Their opinions might not be very thought through. Yeah. Might be a bit stupid at times. But you know, you you could trust them to have something worthwhile to say, something original at least. Mm. Whereas now it's like you know they're gonna just parrot the establishment line. They're going to say exactly what they're supposed to because the Australian sportsmen in particular have all been, they've had their spirits broken Yeah. and they know that to get anywhere in sport now, especially in cricket, you have to say the right things. They've been media be briefed. On board with cli- yeah. climate change and yeah. <laughs> lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, and there's no, there'll be no interest whatsoever in talking to this guy because I just know what he'll have to say about everything. And that's
1: the thing. It's 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 these are the kind of these are not exactly the canaries in the coal mine because these are very late in the process. But it's when it gets down to that level of like when it penetrates the the, the echelon of sportsmen and and the army, you know, those kinds of uh, occupations, then it's like things are really bad because when those things become converged, you've virtually lost it because those are the kind of last bastions of resistance to this stuff with the kind of prevalent, you know. You might call it lad culture or just, you know, pure, unabashed, um, you know, masculine, masculine culture, so-called toxic masculinity. And uh, when it gets there, it's like it's all over. You know, when those guys have run up the white flag and said, OK, we're we're, we're kind of giving up. It's done. You know, it's it's the end of that long march that happened when, you know, I've I've told the anecdote before about that friend of mine who is a scriptwriter. know 20 20 odd years ago now who was um he was a script he became a script editor who was in charge of neighbors in australia and and he sort of had to kind of um you know um attenuate all the scripts to political correctness you know so they were given a kind of a bible document which said you know you can't talk about the word abortion you can't use that word abortion or termination you have to talk about a woman's right to choose yeah you can't talk about someone being foreign you have to talk about diversity i mean this was all like literally scripted out for him to follow so when he was parsing the scripts that came in weekly for the show he'd have to correct the writers and put them on this kind of track
0: yes you should you should write that down at some stage this story
1: if I could remember most of it, yes, that would be nice. <laughs> but those were the things that stood out in my mind. He said, you know, essentially, yeah, this is how I, I have to sort of run this show. And the thing was, he didn't object particularly much because he was kind of a university, progressive, liberal kind of guy himself. And he just kind of thought it was all, you know, normalizing all of the things that everybody thinks they should normalize. Like we've obviously seen with Roe v. Wade recently, people, you know, thinking about the issue of abortion again. And at that point in Australia, certainly, it was a kind of liberal tenet and still is a liberal tenet that, you know, well, yeah, abortion's cool, you know. And and, Mm. and as I said before, you know, the context in which I've seen it was was you know um female friends who you know university and afterwards who so were just using it as post-facto contraception there wasn't any of this you know the condom broke rubbish and there wasn't any of this you know kind of oh we did a scan you know and they're terribly deformed and all of this and we're going to terminate the baby or the mother's health is at risk No, it was girls who just couldn't be bothered to use contraception uh, with men who couldn't be bothered to use contraception conceiving of babies that they then terminated because it was convenient and easy and they just took an afternoon off lectures uh, to go and get it done and then uh, back the next day
0: uh, Simon what have you been yeah. up to Forward oh B said Thank you to Simon for all his help and guidance in getting her show off the ground. So you uh, were behind well, it, were you?
1: Executive uh, well, just, producer. Thank you, thank you. I just have to take credit for Flora's new show, Sand in the Gears. No, I didn't do any. I just helped Flora out with um, setting up the Stream Yards to do the uh, show. I'm glad it's up and running. And uh, long may it last, may it succeed. And uh, she says that she did a show today with Dan, Liberty Biscuits. Uh, go and check it out on her channel, Sand in the Gears. Subscribe, like, share. And uh, help again a new part of the media ecology emerge. Simon, you traitor. it only happens if you do traitor. it. Yes, I know, I know, I know.
0: Um, okay, uh, time for a bit of music. I uh, got some more bark for you. Haven't had oh. any copyright claims on our bark from previous weeks or our Mills Brothers stuff, so I'm going to go with that again. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is a bark piece I like. Um, you, you, you go through stuff on YouTube and a lot of the performances are pretty boring, um, yeah. not very visually interesting. So I sort of scrolled through and spent a lot of time to find the best ones for the viewers. Okay. So I found a crazy Russian woman performing this one. Okay. So let's have a listen to it. we will probably get banned for actually having a Russian doing it, won't we?
3: Can you Zugabe wurde das Stück, das ich eben gespart habe, für das Ende, damit wir ein schönes Abschluss haben. Also ich bin German, Also ich bin seit uh, vorgestern well, so <laughs> <not Russian. laughs> <laughs> hier. Also ich bin seit
0: vorgestern Looked her up, she's actually Russian. Uh, is she Russian? Suspected. Yeah, oh, she's right. talking German there, but she's Russian.
1: Oh, funny, because I thought she had a, a sort of German face, actually. That sort of, uh, you know, classic sort of high cheekboned uh, German look about her. But uh, okay, if yeah, she's she, Russian. She,
0: she, yeah. I, she could pass for German, I agree. Yeah, but she's yeah. actually Russian.
1: Yeah, I'd do something with her hair, uh, something different. And also, I'd get her to stop craning over the. What is the thing with musicians, like sort of leaning over the piano like that? I mean, do you remember old David Helfgott, the. Um, the guy that they made uh, the film shine about, yeah, the pianist, and how he kind, of, he kind of sort of crouched over the piano and he sort of made noises, like, kind of spazzy noises and stuff. Well, he, and was he was a
0: bit of a spaz, though, wasn't
1: he? Was he? Yeah. But what is that thing with musicians and sort of like moving their bodies in weird ways? Is it because like it's actually hard to actually get the muscles to play the piano that fast and you have to kind of tighten up like that or is it just that they are in a kind of rhapsody of feeling kind
0: of concentrating so much on the piece and you know not making mistakes that you can't mm-hmm. always be making sure that you sit nice and upright and you know some yeah. people some some piano players feel it's it's showing a bit of emotion and passion and yeah not being too boring okay fair uh,
1: enough
0: emily jane crew says where was the trill at the end of the prelude um i've sent your comment emily to um Elena, and uh, she's got back to me already, and is challenging you to a duel with swords. Excellent.
3: Yeah,
1: I think that's. I think it's the best way with these sorts of things. I mean, I don't. It's best don't not mess to criticise
0: crazy Russian. Uh, yeah. Penis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't bother with emails and all this kind of stuff. You know, um, pistols for two, coffee for one, as they say, and uh, sorted out by sunrise. And uh, we can all go. Uh, we can all go on. It's called passion. Simon says Gary Garner's Gay Pride in uh, in response to my comments about musicians uh, contorting themselves into pretzel shapes uh, while playing the piano. He's probably right. Passion, something missing from my life for many a year now, and uh, something which uh, Elena has clearly got in uh, bucketfuls. I would say. Uh, so uh, that's nice. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll have a bit of music a bit a bit later, a bit more music.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's right? we should now be talking about steak at this point in the show i think oh, all we've right. kind of you want to talk about steak
0: can, we, I, can I go take a can I go to the toilet or get a coffee you or can something you can obviously take this? a break
1: at this moment but i feel it's very important to raise the issue of how one cooks steak now and as i said earlier on you know i mean mental retardation is widespread obviously you know they're the people who watch this show but then there's people like london raider and and they do need sort of extra guidance on these important lifestyle issues of uh, how to cook a steak now i uh may have uh, you know mentioned at steak the other night on the show uh, which I was on on uh, the uh, Unpopular Opinion Show, and uh, Mr. John D from the show has issued a set of guidelines on how to cook steak. He himself was a professional chef, and uh, he's got a series of interesting tweets about this, which I'm going to read out now. Yeah, I saw Who, that. Uh, I thought it seemed pretty good. They're very good, so. aren't they? They're very informative, and they they will educate educate people like London Raider. Educate yourself on how to cook a steak properly when it's whether it's rare or medium rare, as I like it. And uh, so here we go with uh, Mr. D's uh, recommend on steaks. Some very good ones here. First of all, number one, don't trim them unless the exterior surface is really thick and bark-like, which it probably isn't after only 45 days. This is in reference to uh, aged steak, of which uh, AA had a 45-day aged steak. You will find that even if the surface seems a bit hard, it will soften when cooked. Number two, remove the steaks from the fridge an hour before cooking. This step is non-negotiable. Never try to cook a just-from-the-fridge piece of meat. Number three, get a heavy cast iron pan and heat it until it's screamingly hot. Number four, add a bit of clarified butter, or ghee as it's called, if you have it, or peanut oil. The ghee or oil should immediately start to smoke. Use tongs and put the steak in. Cook for one minute. Remove the steak with the tongs, allow the pan a minute to get really hot again, then flip over and sear the other side. Number five, repeat step four. That's adding the clarified butter again. The steak will cook a total of two minutes per side. Number six, use the tongs. Hold the steak and sear the fat on the edges of the steak, taking no longer than about a minute to sear the perimeter. Number seven, throw a bit of good butter into the pan, allow it to sizzle and just melt, and then anoint both sides of the steak in the butter. Number eight, put the steak on a plate. Grind a bit of pepper on each side, allow it to rest for eight ten minutes. Number nine, eat. And there you go. That's how you cook the steak.
0: And that's... That's, not, that's okay. Right. yeah i'm not quite so sure why you shared that with us but um i think it's right.
1: important because i mean london raider he's, he's wrong on many things uh, but uh, stakes in particular constantly issuing poor quality advice on twitter showing us pictures of his expensive tomahawk steaks that have been i mean let's say inadequately cooked is, is the fairest way that we can put it isn't it really but uh, i thought it was time to have a conclusive answer to the steak question or sq as it's known and uh, get that out there uh, on the guff stream so we can be uh, absolutely firmly sure that uh, we are doing steak the proper way and, uh, and he is not. And uh, he has a right to reply, of course. Uh, you know, do write in to us at uh, uh, P.O. Box uh, 212 British Airways, Ingrams Drive, Greenwich. And uh, we'll be very happy to uh, respond to that when that comes through to us.
0: Um, OK, so that may have been a topic for the um, difficult second half uh, show, perhaps. That is, that Sorry, it, that difficult is... second album.
1: I yeah that say. is a slander and a lie the difficult second album will be returning actually uh i am lining up some interesting guests at the moment but uh, you'll just have
0: to the wait. same ones you said two months ago you were lying
1: that's on. right the same ones I, I said two months ago when i didn't line them up and uh, i am actually lining them up now so uh, this will actually be happening but um, I'm, I'm not going to sort of raise expectations unduly because that makes people sort of overexcited. they get uh, they get overwrought like children who've been fed too much sugar they start running around screaming when's the next difficult second album show happening when's simon going to put one out oh i'm so unhappy simon hasn't done another difficult second album for so long and they just moan and moan and moan and moan. so i think i think the best way is to just surprise them with an edition just put it out one night without any announcement or fanfare and then they can uh, complain about it at their leisure so uh, uh, i think that that's all going to work out and make
0: everybody happy okay well i'll, I'll look forward to the 2030s then and uh, your next yep. episode
1: Yeah, yeah. London Raider uh, feebly issuing advice, uh, counter-signalling us on uh, how to cook steaks there. But um, you know, I I urge you all to uh, ignore him at your leisure. And uh, (laughs) I see he's 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 still (coughs) making comments. There you go.
0: Okay. um, Do you think Donald Trump achieved much during his uh, tenure as U.S. president? Not as much as we would have liked. What do you think? I would say the same, but apparently we're mm. wrong. So some some website called MegaPill has done a list of his accomplishments to help us appreciate his um his great period in office. Let's let's have a look at it. Mm. So I'm I'm sharing the screen. I've got Firefox open. I mean, yeah there's a list of his accomplishments here. We can't so see any his... of them there because they're really small. All right, let me uh, see if I can Yeah zoom in. Mm oh there we go oh yes okay cool right so his very first one is uh, mm. in the government category he nominated judge amy coney barrett to the supreme court mm. now, i'm not sure that's really a win though seeing as not really. she was one of the people who uh, decided to ignore the possibility of a stolen election so yeah it's not getting off to a good start is it
1: it's the sort of, um, yeah, it's the sort of action and then the outcome. There's a bit of a disjunction between the two, isn't there? You know, it sounds good at the beginning, ends badly. Go on.
0: Um, well, we can have a look through. We've got, he, he, Trump signed the His- Hispanic Prosperity Initiative. What does that actually I mean, mean? I must, I must admit, you know, I'm on my list, yeah. on my list of things that I wanted a a based pr- a president to do, I'm, I'm not sure signing the um, Hispanic mm. Prosperity Initiatives was that high on my list of things that I wanted to do. Yeah. He also signed the historic U.S. MCA trade agreement. Uh, <sighs> signs law giving veterans a smoother path to STEM careers. Mm. Well, I'm sure that yeah. would be extremely effective. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, signed okay. a bill restoring funding for historically black colleges and universities. Yeah, he secures
1: uh, cr- critical funding for the border wall, of which very little has been built. So that critical funding is uh, in place, uh, and now it's all not going to happen.
0: Critical funding, as in, you know, a little bit of funding which wasn't anywhere in there enough and nothing happened. Yeah.
1: I must admit, there was a period when everybody kind of, um, you know, Ann Coulter the american uh, uh commentator commentator who was uh you know continually ret- ret- tweeting every day about, uh, to trump you know about when you're going to build the wall and of course nothing happened and of course everybody thought she was mad for a while and perhaps being a bit unreasonable but uh, she was spot on the money unfortunately uh, and uh, realized that he was uh, not about to lift a
0: single ditty finger yeah. he to, was a uh, bit of a faker on that wasn't he yeah,
3: well, but he did uh, sign an
0: executive order protecting medicare yeah yeah. So, yeah, it was good that he, he kept some of Obama's stuff going.
1: Yeah, that's good of him. Yeah, I mean, it was all too late, as usual. You know, he kind of, uh, yeah, was furiously signing executive orders in the last few weeks of his presidency. Uh, and then, of course, uh, not actually executing them. Uh, and I'm talking about the executive orders there, by the way. Uh, Here's a big one.
0: Here's a big one, though, Simon. Production yeah. of hemp to become legal in all 50 states.
1: Well, I'm glad that takes the sweat off my brow. Uh, I was tossing and turning at all hours of the night worrying about the production of hemp, but uh, it's good to see that uh, that has been managed adequately uh, with the passage of uh, that piece of um, legislation or whatever it was. Uh, what else has he done? He well,
0: has... the, 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 the economic ones. I mean, there is good news in the economy uh, column. I, 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 I freely admit, but that's because yeah. basically he's not a Democrat. So, you know, the Democrats mm. are in power. They destroy the economy. It's almost impossible for the Republicans not to improve things um, when they get into power because things were so bad before. So all that sort of stuff would have happened anyway, pretty much just because the Democrats weren't in power, you know, added Mm. new jobs and so on. Yeah, you'd expect that to happen with any Republican government.
1: I mean, there was the interesting one at the top uh, there about uh, establishing the 1776 Commission uh, to uh, restore patriotic education in schools. Uh, and again, it's, it's all stuff that, well, you know, it's just going to get ignored or rolled back, isn't it? I mean, that's
0: the problem. That's right. that, yeah, that, that, it's, it's, it's all it's it's admirable sentiments behind it, but in yeah. actual practical terms, it achieved nothing.
1: I mean, why wasn't there actually, as people have said, simply a clearing out of the relevant people from the institutional positions of control that would establish the ability for the president to uh, implement these strategic and educational or other initiatives throughout instead of like uh, leaving these people? I mean, you know, like anything, like when, you know, the classic thing of Iraq, we went in there, you know, and we realized that by getting rid of all the members of the Ba'ath Party, it helped you know, send the country into anarchy quicker. So, okay, you've got to keep some of the local administration working. But I think what you really have to do is take out some of the key figures and make a bloody example of them. And so the others, uh, you know, are encouraged to learn faster about what is required. And then you instantiate conditionalities on their terms of uh, employment contract. You know, you have to say, look, this happens or you're out and it has to happen by this date very very quickly and we have to see it rolling out uh, in a way so yeah. that it can't waste the of time, time doing
0: that in the was we they, they can't even do that in their own country let alone another country well exactly exactly this is a problem you know so you've got to keep some of the you
1: know the infrastructure for the administration there but you have got to educate them you have to correct them and give them incentives to do as they're bloody well told instead of just passing bills and waving your hand in a dramatic way and then hoping it'll all last when uh, when joe biden gets to be president well, here's and one:
0: uh, trump orders purge of critical race theory from federal agencies i mean uh, that didn't didn't work didn't happen yeah you've got to actually
1: i think you've got to personalize it and identify some of the people who are pushing this stuff and and effectively you know put them in a position where you as i say make an example of them and say you know this is exactly what is not going to happen and you sack them Uh, and you know you have to uh, deal with it
0: from that point of view and and create the incentives for people to do the right thing the u.s signs proclamation against female genital mutilation and cutting. they signed a proclamation simon what more do you want
1: yeah, yeah, they said it's a bad thing. Like none of us knew. Who? I mean,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's good of them. Hmm. ICE raid, ICE raid hit 77 businesses in Northern California. 77 businesses. Well, that's that's solved the problem of, you know, uh, immigration, right. isn't it? Yeah. 77 businesses. So, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's uh yeah, so sort of 77 Mexicans got locked up, uh, you know, working in a bottle shop or something like that. Great.
0: Yeah, 30-foot concrete slab prototypes elected along border.
1: Oh well, slab prototypes. Oh, that's that's what you need, isn't it? Great big bits of concrete that uh, everybody can consider. Anyone coming in, yeah. Yeah, and they can muse over those prototypes uh, while uh, people are flooding over. Yeah. Oh, Trump signs bill requiring airports to provide spaces for breastfeeding moms. (laughs) Really? Spaces. Okay. I mean, there's quite a lot of space in airports, wouldn't you think? I mean, you know, I don't know. They're not wanting for space in airports, I find usually. That's not usually the problem, is it? It's, it's essentially it's, uh, it's creating, uh, well, I don't know, I guess. What
0: can I say? It's, it's not what I would consider a priority.
1: It's a akin way. to the cat microchipping that was a feature of the Conservative Manifesto that I've mentioned before. You know, it's kind of like, I understand, but, you know, priorities, folks. Come on.
0: And a lot of this stuff is just the stuff that any Republican president
1: yeah it's metrics deportation orders up 30 percent yeah this year we're going to have a record harvest and uh, tractor production is up at 65 percent you know it's
0: army starts pre-construction work on border wall well i'd I'd rather see them boasting about the wall actually being constructed and finished and actually being effective Mm. so yeah if this is the best the trump fans can do it's pretty pathetic isn't it
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, there was, uh, he was not the man of the moment. He was not prepared to do the difficult thing. And so, well, uh, you know, we, uh, kind of go, I mean, yeah, they can talk about 2024 and bringing him back, but I'm sorry, you know, he's just, uh, uh he's just going to be more of the same again. You know, I think, uh, you know, and I, I do, I do tend towards the, uh, you know the, the suspicion that he is there to really contain and uh, you know hold in the. Um, the I think he is there to contain his right.
0: Classic control opposition. Not not that he's doing that deliberately.
1: Well, he's not going to be opposition. He's going to he's going to be the thing. They're going to give license to the populist right to be in power for a bit because they realise that the country's fragmenting. With you know you know the left have been in power long enough. Again, you know the powers that be are looking at this and thinking, well, we have to give the other guys a bit of a shot now to calm things down and make them think they're achieving something. Of course they yeah. were, mm. you know, but it, it's, That's it's exactly going to hold right. that in place. Yeah.
0: So, so it's um, not like Trump is, is in on this. He doesn't realize this. He thinks he's genuine opposition, mm. but he's being used by the, the the real people in power as a kind of safety valve to, like you say, let the right think of having a few victories. as an actual so. fact, he won't be doing anything very useful at all. He won't be stopping anything much.
1: No, no, no. I think, uh, I think, um, i think that's the nature of uh, what we're seeing here i mean it's very much like you know elon musk at the moment you know kind of doing this kind of uh, you know little sort of teasy strip teasy act that he's doing on uh on twitter it's sort of one 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 day putting out a message that people feel is kind of red meat and they like and then the next day kind of saying but i'm not going to go the whole way here and i'm going to uh, essentially sort of maintain the uh, the status quo as is and, it, and increasingly i think this kind of this sort of um, performative amb- ambiguity that these figures are doing is increasingly irritating people. And they want to see somebody who comes along and says, I'm going to do this. This is going to get done. And that's what you're going to get with me now. Whether that's articulated, you know, by a a populist uh, leader or whether it's going to be by, you know, a different kind of politics, which I hope emerges uh, in order to create the general consensus of of, of populism that is is no longer beholden to uh, these fallible leaders, uh, then that would be another thing. But there has to be a mechanism for that. And, uh,
0: you know, we uh, we hope that will come along very soon. Uh, perhaps we're being a bit unfair, though. He did he slapped tariffs on Canadian lumber imports, so I, oh, I think wow. the progressive left has basically been defeated just with that one alone. He, yes. and he didn't just put tariffs on the Canadian lumber imports; he slapped the tariffs on.
1: A- absolutely, yes. He he thwacked them um, with his tariffs, and uh, the Canadian lumberers uh, are completely gutted by it. And uh, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, well, so much, so much hope invested, and uh, so. Vanka the-
0: Trump creates
1: new World Bank
0: initiative to foster entrepreneurship amongst women right yeah okay well there's there's the woke movement destroyed in in, in one fell blow you know there's, yeah there's, yeah there's the international finance bankers all basically they're going yeah. to turn around and give up once they see that
1: yeah the world bank whose interests are they going to have at heart not the not the, those of women let me assure you <laughs> entrepreneurship maybe maybe their own but uh yours not so
0: much yeah okay enough of that then well i think so i think so mm. yeah Yeah. okay um what else have we got we 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 haven't done our weekly hermit crab bit oh here's the lay we won't do too much on it today here's the latest one a a man called jack Hearn. um he officially died from the uh from blood clots in the brain after taking the az uh hermit crab he was described as having doctors described him as having catastrophic blood clots on the brain Uh, He was in Devon uh, less than two weeks after being given the hermit crab. Um, So this seems to be kind of an official death from the hermit crab. Another one of these official deaths that's just been sort of quietly Mm -hmm. allowed through to the local press. But the mainstream media is completely ignoring it. The only stories I found about it were on the, the Daily Mail and the Mirror, but neither had the story on their front page. It was sort of one of those stories that you would never otherwise see. Uh, unless you luckily stumble across it somehow so basically the the mainstream media killed this man mm. they they put so much pressure on people to have the hermit crab they went out and got it and of course it killed some of them he was killed by the mainstream media and the mainstream media is covering up his death they're covering up the fact that he was killed by the hermit crab
1: mm. and great way you know, to honor the memory isn't
0: it even I say screw them. So even screw the Mirror, who who did a story on it, because mm. they didn't put it on their front page. You know what? They, you know what is on their front page. I had a look today. What's on their front page? Oh. Here's a story from the Mirror about someone who did an eBay listing, and oh, guess what? They did a huge blunder. They were selling an air fryer, and they put up pictures of the air fryer, and they they accidentally put up a picture of themselves topless, a self topless selfie they accidentally included on the photos uh, but that's excellent
1: surely i mean is, is it worth seeing this topless selfie do we
0: have a copy uh we well we could do but they blurred out the uh oh, so it doesn't look yeah. like the most attractive woman so i don't think oh you really well to maybe not it. then yeah okay only so this, it, this, is, a this is more anyway. important as news than yeah. someone being killed by the very injection which this newspaper pushed yeah yeah
1: Well, it's, um, yeah, it's almost as if they uh, regret nothing and uh, they thank you kindly for all of the millions of tax pounds that poured into their coffers to put out adverts and uh, promotions and propaganda on behalf of HM government. And uh, you won't hear any more about it. Uh, We promise uh, we're all too busy spending the money on our new yachts and our new uh, high rise apartments in London. And uh, isn't it all jolly? Um, Is it something like that sort of arrangement? Do you think that's gone on? You know, take the money and run? Yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. okay yeah i mean uh yeah, still waiting for our kind of uh, um you know uh, hermit crab uh, government promotion money to come uh, flooding into our coffers and uh, at that point of course we will uh, do the right thing and um, uh, and, and gladly gladly accept it
0: oh and here's a video i've got of uh, good morning america where they're actually talking about it okay here we were trying to get a handle on yes uh you got some new data on boosters.
1: There's a new
4: published study out in Lancet, uh, the journal Lancet Infectious Disease, about the fourth dose and what happens to our antibody levels. It is not a surprise that they've released new data confirming that after the fourth dose of Pfizer or Moderna that antibody levels rise significantly, they surge, Uh, in the several weeks after that dose. We've known that for a while, but here are the caveats. We don't know how long that lasts, number one. Um, And our immune response, remember, is not just about antibodies, it's about that T-cell response also, which you you can't really measure as well as just a pure antibody level. And it's about whether or not they're blocking or neutralizing antibodies to the variant that we're seeing. So uh, when people hear these headlines, they shouldn't be surprised. Yes, of course, you're going to get a a surge in your antibody levels, but how long that lasts is the issue, and it's certainly not just about more boosting for everyone. People who have high antibody levels, there's the potential, I want to underscore the potential, we haven't seen any evidence of this, um, of this immune phenomenon known as tolerance, where if you Mm. already have high antibody levels and you get another booster, that your immune system can start to say, well, what, what am I needed for and can kind of start wow. to shut down. Oh, wow. So um, we, if you're in that category of people who the FDA and CDC is recommending to get a booster, 50 and over, 65 and over with a, with a chronic medical condition, yes, by all means, but everyone else, don't think that yeah. more boosting is the answer. We don't know that that's the case yet. All right, that's very important information. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very you much, Dr.
5: It. Janet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So very important instead, information very important yeah. so instead of saying yeah well everything we've said for two years is a complete yeah. lie and we yeah. should thank all the conspiracy the people we call conspiracy theorists who are right all along and we were we were wrong yeah maybe you know, we don't need said... to have
1: endless injections is what she i think she's saying is that a good summary
0: yeah yeah i mean she's not talking about the deaths of course she's just mm, no. talking about the the ineffectiveness of, of these boosters
1: well ain't, ain't that funny yeah. yeah it's almost like yeah. people are not listening hello Yes. So,
0: yes, they sort of admitting this, they're starting to admit a few things, you know, two and a half years after COVID appeared or a year and a half after the vaccines. Sorry, the crabs have appeared. It's
1: it's funny. I think there is definitely, you know, again, that word pivoting in the media the other day. I sort of caught a bit of uh, the feed on YouTube from uh, the Mike Graham show, and I noticed a very interesting thing. They'd switched the comments back on, which they hadn't done for a long time. Uh, which is interesting because I think they had gone through a period a year or two back where they'd obviously decided it was a little bit too risky to have people being allowed to comment on stuff on the, you know, the public stream that was going out on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, they nixed it, Uh, and it seemed very obvious that they did so. So they didn't get any of these kind of uh, terrible objections that the plebeians might uh, raise uh, in the uh, public conversation. But then I noticed the other day they felt brave enough to switch it back on, which is an interesting development. And uh, I think that was a sign of an increased confidence in the media that they were successfully steering, probably ascertained through polling, I don't doubt uh the the, the public uh, sentiment at that point and they were able to because I've, I've noticed there's a sort of confidence creeping in there with they've latched onto certain things obviously people have made criticisms of, of them on, on certain issues but now they are continuing you know to sort of roll out their their agendas and their narratives with a sense that it doesn't matter what the reaction is because maybe they've passed some kind of opinion threshold and they've also swept people up into this excitement of you know their new glitz, glitzy tv studio and you know competing with um you know uh, uh you know all of you know, gb news and all of those people and they're getting into it a bit and they no longer think the actual messaging matters so much so i think there's an interesting weird confidence they've got now which i think is dangerous i think potentially i think you have to look at why they would feel that they can do that they feel they don't have to respond anymore to your concerns, and so they will let the chat section open up, and uh, you begin to see people saying stuff. But either they won't get through because they'll sort of, you know, um, pre uh, pre select the uh, you know words that you can't use, or expressions or subjects that you can't use, and the kind of comments that will get through will be fairly sort of normy comments. That's that yeah. was my
0: impression. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something in that. Mm. Yeah, I think they get confident that with some things that the, sort of the danger's past Yes. And they've successfully suppressed the story enough to make it no big deal. Yeah. So there's no great threat from it. And, and other things have taken the place of the previous big things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The current thing is moving on a pace. And um, I mean, there was someone there was some viral video the other day where a, a royal Mail postie kicked a small dog. And yes. um You know, there was that it was it was one of those stories that you think, well, you've done that because it's it's guaranteed clickbait. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, people are always going to be very, very emotional about cruelty to animals or harm to animals in some way. And again, you, you see them slipping these things in now and again to kind of fortify themselves. Where they're falling down on the narrative, they can plug in these kind of emotion-led stories that people will have instant, you know, hot-button trigger reactions to. And, and, and that way, they can kind of get something back and they can sort of fulminate about how awful this was. And this was, this was not just, this was a couple of days they ran this story, I noticed. It wasn't just like a one-off, God, that's awful kind of thing. Uh, it was a couple of days they sort of dragged out the sentiment about it because one of the things they do is they start picking out or picking on the people who um, react against the story or, or comment on the story or even just criticize the circumstances of the story you know and like, well you know it 's this thing of well you 're obviously in favor of animal cruelty if you question any of the circumstances around this, which is kind of nonsense but it 's it's, it's not letting people have any objection by making the the temperature of the story so hot that people can 't can 't uh, be allowed to um, have any kind of position on it yes
0: yeah, so and that story first of all it looked like straightforward animal cruelty you thought oh how terrible yeah then you realized hang on that dog has bitten that guy on the foot or the ankle <laughs> yeah, or something it was, and it was i would have done been. exactly the same as him in that situation
3: hmm.
1: Hmm. well absolutely i mean you think there's you know, without um, going into the details of it, there was that obvious thing about it. And you thought, well, yeah, you know, the little fuckers just bit him. And you think, well, you might react. You might react slightly badly instead of standing there with a kind of stoic look on your face and go, oh, the dog has bitten me. Um, you know, I, but whatever happened, it's not exactly clear from the, the footage I saw. But nonetheless, it's that point of you take the, the emotion led piece and you use that to then fortify all your other narratives that. You know, getting people on side. Well, you agree with me on that story, don't you? So you, you tend to agree with me on all this other stuff. And you kind of, you massage your narratives accordingly by adding yeah. this kind of filler uh, into, uh, into the process. Just just another one of the wicked ways the media works. And uh, let's yeah. uh, be, be conscious of it.
0: So really, we should be listening, I think, to the really wise people in society, which are US military generals, retired US military generals, <clears throat> like Barry McCaffrey, for example. Oh, don't know him. What's he got to say for himself? This is a tweet of his where he said, "Russian aircraft getting nailed by Ukraine missile defence. Russians are losing large numbers of attack aircraft. Ukr air defence becoming formidable. <laughs> it certainly does look an impressive video, doesn't it? My God, look at what they're doing! Yeah, it almost so it looks see, like a video game. That video doesn't it?
1: It does. It does almost remind me of a video game. I have to say, you see the aircraft streaking across the sky. You see missiles being fired." You see the kind of little star fireworks being fired out by the planes. That's called chaff. That's uh, basically aluminium powder that's fired into the air. It ignites and it distracts the heat sinking sensors of the missile. Um, And that's the way that's meant to work. So it kind of looks authentic. They've done a little bit of detail in there um, to make it look like it's real. And of course, it's real, isn't it, Hector?
0: No, it's not real. It is from a video game. It is from a video game. What a surprise. So this retired big general uh, thought that a video game was real footage right so these are the sorts of idiots who run the military I mean he's retired okay so he's not running the military now but he's still very influential apparently and Uh and um you can actually hire him if you want yeah so I'm going to show you that you can hire him we're going to go and look at his uh web page where you can pay for him in fact we could club together and try and raise the money to to bring him over to do a speaking engagement Mm. so let's just find it here we go Barry McCaffrey, a renowned leader whose advice is sought by America's top policymakers. General Barry McCaffrey, USA retired, provides an unflinching assessment on the leadership challenges that face complex organizations and what businesses need to know about our national security future. I'll just uh, increase the size of that a bit so you can read the text. So you can see there Barry McCaffrey speaking fee under twenty five thousand dollars. So I think we could probably afford him if we all sort of got well, together and, and two quid is under $25,000 isn't it so
1: um I mean theoretically that's uh, that's entirely possible well yeah. perhaps
0: we'll make an offer perhaps we'll say um yeah look, we're not a big corporate business or anything so we'll yeah. offer you say yeah. 750 bucks yeah oh wow that's generous okay yeah so uh, so I'll fill okay. I'll fill this in later once we've uh, worked out we can afford him yeah we can report and we back can talk to week. him about you know how, how is it that a retired uh, you know a supposedly major general Let's yeah talk of video game footage for reality
1: yeah absolutely or we could just do like a playthrough of uh halo or fortnite or something online and uh and see how barry does because uh, clearly he's an expert <laughs> on video games and uh
0: we could say which which war is this from which real war is this from barry yeah
1: because you're the expert yes indeed well he, he's renowned though i mean i've heard of him in his renown no not really i've not heard of him at all but he apparently is renowned renowned is kind of when you hear of them isn't it really that's kind of you know like uh i don't know you know rommel was renowned or um montgomery was renowned but uh, you know storm and norman schwarzkopf was renowned but um barry mccaffrey is not a lane that lingers on the lips uh, like the uh, the lions of old legend uh, is it uh, it's uh it's eminently forgettable um he does look a little bit like a proctologist or
0: someone like that doesn't he he doesn't he is um, actually a genuine war hero he's not one of these modern generals right. who's never really seen action I, I looked him yep. up he did actually was in vietnam proper war hero right that doesn't make you any the less of an idiot yeah. when it comes to this sort of stuff and he's been very anti-trump right um in the past so he's probably a you know a bit of a democrat progressive type and okay this is this has warped his brain yeah so you can and be now assured he's become so detached from reality that he's got no clue of what's a video game and what isn't
1: Yes, yes. I'm sure he's incredibly impartial as you say and uh and 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 a value uh, for money kind of speaker. A snip at uh, under $25,000 if you've got one uh, big wodge of money handy, please do send it with to uh, Barry with our love. And, and uh, uh
0: speaking of old fools, I thought you I'd can buy a new Nintendo. Up, yeah. Put up a uh, video of another old fool. See if you can guess who this is. It's pretty yeah.
2: obvious. And murder laugh because One time she said to the Russian ambassador, perhaps someday you will have a parliament in Russia. And he said, God forbid my dear Lady Russell. Except for the first word, the Russian ambassador at the present day might give the same answer. But uh, that was the assumption. It was all going to be orderly, all quite nice. The uh, atmosphere Apart from politics, it was one of Puritan piety, very great piety, very great austerity. Uh, we always had family prayers at eight, and uh, before family prayers I had to do half an hour's practice at the piano, which I hated. Uh, although there were eight servants in the house, the food was always of the utmost simplicity, and. Uh, Even of what there was, if there was anything at all nice. That's not Paul Whitehouse, as Michelle
0: LeWopp says, it's not Rowley Burke in QC.
2: Yeah. Yes, I wasn't allowed to have it, because it wasn't good for (laughs) me. For instance, there would be rice pudding, and and, uh, there was extreme austerity in all those ways. Mm. Until she was over 70, would never sit in an armchair until after dinner. Ever. Neck like a sword. Wow.
1: Yes. Lord Tarquin Alfred Bum Chamley there. And uh, <laughs> do you know who that was? Ah, um, oh God, I don't. I, I, he looks like someone I've seen before, like a philosopher or someone like, you know. Not yes, exactly. he's, a, he's a philosopher. Is it
0: Bertrand Russell, presumably? It is Bertrand Russell. Yeah. Talking about his grandmother as being called Lady Russell was a bit of a giveaway, I thought.
1: Yeah, I should have said Martin Luther King, as I, as I normally do about these things. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: he's a, he, well, he's a character, isn't he? Yeah. he's not yeah. as interesting a character in real life as you would think because he really? was renowned for in his middle age for being a ladies man and uh playing around and um deciding that free love was the thing mm. and taking advantage of the many willing ladies who were into the free love movement in those days he doesn't really look like the type does he but he was Why, and of course yeah. he was a bit of a mad socialist as well yes I'm perfectly
1: sure that if the porridge had been too cold, he would have uh, drawn out his pistol and uh, and given the maid what for. And uh, that's the sort of life you would have lived in the 1800s, I guess. Uh, things were pretty straightforward. Uh, there was them and then there was us. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, you know, he would have been uh, living probably a pretty decent uh, standard there. And he's probably uh, <laughs> overstating the grimness, I think, a little, uh, wouldn't you think? You know, I don't think he was exactly, uh, you know, down the down pit or anything like that.
0: No, was no, uh, um, I think his gran- grandfather was the prime minister or something like that. So it must
1: have been tough. He, yes, uh, he grew up
0: in luxury, but he very much disapproved of it. So later in life, he liked to talk about, you know, disapproved of the, the prim, prudish life back yeah. then when you weren't allowed to just shag anyone you felt like. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, how the times was, have changed. He was also known for because he did he did say quite a few times, he said he was really looking forward to going to Oxford or Cambridge mm. so that he could meet some intelligent people, because he said mm. he was sick of being the cleverest person around and he wanted to meet some people who are cleverer than him. But he said when he got to Cambridge, he found there wasn't anyone cleverer than him. And in fact, he was the cleverest person he knew. He was yep. the cleverest person he ever met in his life except maybe for Wittgenstein. yes um and that was a great disappointment a bit of a humble brag i suspect
1: yes you get a lot of modesty at cambridge i've noticed from uh, former graduates and alumni they have uh, an exceeding high opinion of themselves uh, let's uh, just put it no stronger than that
0: and he was extremely clever when you read some of his philosophy but then you read some of his politics and you think he's not actually very clever at all he's quite a foolish man <laughs> It, it, anyway, it, it, that just a little, year. <laughs> a little blast from the past.
1: Yes, I'm sure he was exceptionally clever in his time. And uh, where is he now? We all ask. And um, I'm going to leave that to question hanging, pregnantly, in the air as we uh, uh, head probably towards the end of another show. And We're the sun has come out. A
0: few thankfully. minutes. Let's just yes. do a bit more music. Yes.
3: The fantastic. mills brother.
2: That tiger, mm. that tiger. Where's that tiger? 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 Where's that tiger Where's that
3: tiger give that tiger <laughs>
0: let's just finish finish it there because you see i like that that's how
1: music should be done everybody crisply suited uh standing stiffly to attention making uh, ridiculous noises with their mouth
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we'll finish with a nice a nice video well it's kind of semi-nice yeah an amusing little video um he was good on the trumpet uh, there i must say that was very uh the pretend trumpet he's brilliant i wish i could do that. the pretend that's very good he's not
1: just doing the noise like um sub vocalizing it with his lips he is is he blowing air he's like sort of configuring like his hands in some way that actually you've got like a sharp in there that's creating the pitch of the trumpet do you know what i mean
0: like with a, i suspect it's mostly with his mouth but um right. uh, modulating it a bit with the fingers yeah that's clever yeah i'm gonna work on that this afternoon so this is a um <laughs> this is a dog video for those who like cute dog videos well it's not actually cute but it is right. kind of interesting okay this video is titled okay. dog security because <laughs> everywhere you go there's the yeah dog. the eyes follow you around the room <laughs> yeah there it's you a, go that's the last bit for the show
1: it takes simple things to amuse us these days uh, have you got anything exciting coming up that you would like to mention please
0: chill now no, I don't. Did oh, How was yeah. um, Third Wednesday on Wednesday?
1: I didn't go to Third Wednesday. It is oh, a right. great source of uh, regret on my part. But Third Wednesday is a great thing, and you can check it out at uh, libertariandrinks.com all around the country. Set up your own and let us know on Twitter. Either me, Dick Dellingpole, or the others will viralise it as much as we can and uh, get people coming along to your local. So if you want to set one up, get on the case. Pick a nice pub, and uh, we will publicise for you as best we can. Third Wednesday in Glastonbury was excellent, says London Raider. Uh, Obviously, no steak was cooked. So, uh, you know, uh, they had a nice time there without being poisoned by any uh, poorly cooked meat uh, products that uh, London Raider might have had. But uh, it's good to know that the the drinks were uh, on form. Uh, Third Wednesday in Worcester was great, says Jason Ayres. Yes, it's moved to a new venue, hasn't it? The Chestnut Tree, he says. Wherever that be, find out the Chestnut Tree and get along to Third Wednesday. London is also very good. The one in uh, Hertfordshire is excellent, too. Uh, There's several actually down there, but uh, you can all find them on the map at libertariandrinks.com. And uh, we will probably turn up at one of those very, very soon as the weather is now improving and uh, all sorts of other things will be coming up. I noticed Dellingstock, though, is going to be postponed for the time being. James Delipole had considered doing it, possibly in Wales. Uh, but uh, that seems to have fallen through and the uh, the venue is not available. So he's perhaps looking at next year. We hope other IRL events go on. Yuri um, Bezmanov had a very
0: successful one. We might even do one ourselves. I'm looking yeah. at organising a gig. I've got to get a gig organised first. And then we might think about doing a, um, a sort of weekend type yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Consider well whether you might journey to come and uh, see us somewhere if we... Uh, set something up yeah
0: okay we better go for now though so we'll see you next week on friday one o'clock next week there's no more left to say adios